welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello and welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and thank you for joining me on today's episode. Today's guest is a friend of mine that I had the opportunity of connecting with through Nikki's vibrant program that was what we started in February or March. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And her name is Salima Lookman, and I'm super excited for her to be joining us on the podcast today because she is on a personal journey herself where she's stepping out into the world with like this new beginning and new starts and she has so much to offer and I cannot wait for all of you to get to hear from her today. Salima, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Alex. I'm so excited to be here. I like love watching just over the last few months how you have started showing your face to the camera more (laughs) and like I think sometimes people don't always realize when you haven't like put your face to camera before it seems so awkward and I remember Mm -hmm. my friend um Tierney and I when we were starting in Bolden like she was like I do not want to talk to the camera and like now she like does it all the time and like for you I like love when I get to see your face pop up on my feed and I also just like think about when you were because we were partners a few times in Vibrant Mm -hmm. and when you were talking about like getting the haircut and I was like get the haircut oh yeah my vibrant haircut (laughs) and now you got it and you're rocking it and I don't know it's just been so cool to get to see your energy and personality come out just a lot in the last few months and especially like since I've gotten to like know you within the last six it's been so cool and I am your biggest cheerleader and so excited for these new endeavors and I'd love for you to share what got you to where you are today? Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. I, and you've been there. I mean, you've been with me through it since the beginning. Well, I am a writer. That is my career as well as my passion. And it's a newfound passion. It's something that I've discovered over the last couple of years. But I feel like I, I love metaphors. So I love comparing things in life um, to other things. It just, it feels a little bit more tangible. So I feel like our lives are like jigsaw puzzles where, but, but we actually lost the box. So we don't really know what picture we're making, but as soon as pieces click into place, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I've been staring at that the whole time. And that's how writing is for me. I have been writing my whole life. I loved it when I was little, but I know you've talked about the shoulds where we fall into what we should do based on what society presents for us or what our friends or family or parents want us to do. So I kind of got led into what I should do, which was math and science and kind of left that creative writing behind. But 
it came back up during the pandemic. Like so many people, I was laid off. So I had a lot of time and started journaling and really found my passion for writing again. And I became a beginner, which was really uncomfortable. I feel like as adults, we're not used to starting over again or, or trying something new and being bad at it. So I was really in it as a beginner with writing and I applied for an unpaid internship as a copywriter with a copywriting agency. And I am in my thirties, I was with all of these like 18, 19 year olds who were doing it for college credit. But this is something that was really important to me. I wanted to try it and see if I could do it. So I did. And then I was asked to stay on as a contract writer with the company and just kind of snowballed into that. I've been a full-time writer for just over, I guess, a year and a half now. That's amazing. When you were telling your story just now, do you ever watch Friends? Yes. So, you know, when Chandler decides to like leave business and go into marketing uh-huh. and he has to take an unpaid internship with all of these college kids and he's like, oh my gosh. And he, he's got to be in his late twenties, early thirties. And literally that's, as you were telling that, that's like what I was thinking about, but like, I love what you're talking about. And I love that example in friends of like, it's never too late in life to make a pivot, to make a change, to begin again. And that can feel really scary to be a beginner and to be bad at something because it's Mm -hmm. almost like we feel like, okay, well, I'm in my thirties. I'm an adult, like whatever that means, because technically at 18, we're adults. And it's like, we feel we're supposed to have it all figured out. But I think when we can share our stories of beginning again, it gives others the permission to also feel like they can begin again. And I think it's an important thing to note because we can continue to begin again at any points in our lives, whether we're 30, 40, 50, 60, like we have the opportunity to make a change. And when we can realize like, and step back and see like, wait, I'm going down a path that doesn't feel authentic to me. And we're willing to begin again. Like that's when we can really feel and shift and learn so much about ourselves. Absolutely. And and that can be applied to not just career, but relationships. And and that's something I have experienced with too. I was previously engaged and had invested several years into a relationship. And that was another should. I should want to move forward with this relationship because I've put so much time into it. We have so much history. Um, Same with living in certain places. It's even though maybe it feels comfortable and you've invested a lot into it, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily necessarily aligned with you in that moment or aligned with the person that you're becoming so yes when being you, a beginner is scary when you realized in those moments like okay this is an opportunity for me to tap back into my creativity and write again and this is actually not the relationship that I meant to be in like what were you experiencing in those moments? And how did you know, like, okay, it actually, it it is time for me to step away from where I am and to venture into something different and new, because I can assume that that 
felt scary, but I want to hear from you, like what that experience was like for you, because there are definitely people listening that have been or are currently in the same situation that you found yourself in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I tend to feel, I feel a lot. I feel like I'm a deeply feeling person. So my emotions just come at me all at once. Um, I definitely would recommend anybody in that situation listen to your body. When I know something is aligned and feels right, I feel like a fire in my throat. I feel tears start to well up in my eyes. And that's when I know that this is the path that I need to go on. Um, And definitely listening. I I love listening to signs from the universe. I know that feels like kind of woo-woo, but I like to call them little breadcrumbs that the universe is tossing me. So, you know, one of, one of these moments um, that I think about a lot is when I was leaving this relationship, I was leaving Los Angeles, I was moving back to New Mexico, and I just didn't know if this was the right thing to do. I didn't know if this was what I should do because I was so used to the shoulds. It just felt so unfamiliar to follow my intuition. And I um, hugged my best friend goodbye. I got into my car that was like filled to the brim with all of my belongings and was about to merge onto the freeway when I got an email that my case report, this um, technical case report that I'd submitted to a journal was going to be published in the next publication and so I was like that is this is my sign I'm definitely on the right path because I was worried that leaving this person leaving this place leaving this job would kind of end my career and end my I guess I was worried that leaving this person and leaving this place would end me I was worried that I wouldn't be able to achieve things by myself but this was a sign that I definitely could and am That's amazing. And how exciting to be like, okay, like this is it. I'm doing it despite the feelings of uncertainty of what was to come. And when you made that shift and you moved back to New Mexico and like you were talking about, like you were listening to your body and what you were feeling, but even when you made that leap and you had that sign, what did it feel like to navigate that process? Because there can still be a lot of bumps along the way. Like I know for me, when I've felt uncertain when I'm going to do something and then, you know, I get the sign or I do it and it, it ends up being successful, but there's that in between of like, wait, was that the right thing to do? Or I feel like anxious and nervous. And I'm curious for you, like, what was that process like? Like, how did you navigate the day to day? And you know, stepping away from a relationship is so scary. I think a lot of people, especially in their 30s, feel like, well, we've been together five years, we might as well get engaged at this time. And it's like, that breaks my heart when I hear that, because it's like, you should never just should into a marriage. Because marriage isn't, I mean, it's intended for a lifelong commitment. And like, we know that there are relationships that end, but like you go into it with like, this is the person I'm going to be with. But if you feel like you should marry that person, there's feelings of like, 
oh my gosh, I don't know. And so like for you to be able to walk away and realize like this, this isn't actually my person, even though it was scary. It's like, and in the end, you knew it was the right choice, but there's still like these feelings that come up. And I curious, like what that experience was like, what those feelings were like, and how you move through them in that process. Once you got settled into New Mexico. Yeah, that in between definitely feels sticky. I agree. Um, Fortunately, I had a lot of support from family and close friends, so I really leaned on them and just threw myself into this new venture, essentially, because I found out that I was going to be published. And it was that was like one of the first moments where I really started to feel my vibrance shine through to know that my words are going to be out there and have the ability to impact others. So I threw myself into that and started writing more. Um, It still wasn't quite the type of writing that I wanted to be doing. It wasn't really that creative writing that is really close to my heart um, because it was more technical, but it was definitely that step into where I wanted to be and where I see myself going. Um, yeah, so I think just taking it day by day, as you said, and trusting that the uncertainty will lead you somewhere where you're meant to be. I always tell myself, you know, I I love this mantra where I say, um, I'm safe and this is exactly where I'm meant to be. I love that. And it is such a reminder that like, even in those feelings of uncertainty and like being like, okay, I'm published and I'm doing this thing and I'm putting myself closer to the right direction of where I want to be. Uncertainty can creep up, but being able to have like a mantra or something to come back to, to remind you, like, this is where I'm supposed to be because sometimes we make these big shifts, right? Like you make the move, you leave the job and you make that decision and you're like grounded in it. You're like, hell yeah, we are doing the thing. And then like a week later, you're like, holy shit. (laughs) what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And I think having a practice of some sort to come back to in those moments to not like let that fear take over from something that literally a week ago you knew was like the right shift for you and like leaning into that uncertainty almost and embracing it for what it is versus like letting the fear take over this new opportunity. Even if something doesn't work out the exact way you see it going, at some point you felt like this was the step in the right direction. And so if you can lean into that and then like have some sort of practice, whether it's a mantra, journaling, leaning on your friends to help remind you like this was something that you felt called to do. So like lean into that call and see what happens. It might not end up being the exact path, but you're going to learn so much about yourself in the journey. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all about the journey, not necessarily the destination. Um, I agree. And I, so at the time when I went through that big transition, I didn't have a journaling practice, but I did. And finally established one um, when I decided to transition my career to full-time writer. And so that was something that was super important because I was able to explore myself through the journal. And that is actually what led me to sobriety also. Um, I did Sobruary last year and I actually made it through. That was the first time that I have 
done a sober challenge because I tried to do sober Novembers, sober Octobers, and often they didn't stick. I couldn't make it through the whole month. But um, February 2021, I did. And it felt so good. So that's not exactly when I stopped drinking, but that was really impactful and insightful for me. So mm-hmm. journaling really helps with that. I think if anybody is considering is sober curious and considering doing a sober month, journaling is a beautiful compliment to exploring yourself, exploring why you want to stop drinking, how drinking affects you, um, maybe why you were relying on drinking if you were, because I found out that I certainly was. I was using alcohol as a way to to cope with and kind of numb my intrusive thoughts, my anxiety, my dissociation, these things that I didn't actually realize that I had until I stopped drinking and started journaling. So writing, writing has kind of been twofold. Um, It was, in a way, it was an excuse for me to drink, to keep drinking. Um, And I'll dive into that in one sec, but it also led me to sobriety. Um, And what I mean by an excuse to keep drinking, I, you've probably heard the quote, write drunk, edit sober, um, which I think, well, there's a lot of speculation about whether Hemingway actually said this, but regardless, people say it all the time. Um, And when I, when I went full-time as a writer, I joined a lot of Facebook groups because I never, I really never went through any traditional training for writing. I took like one writing class in college. It was a technical writing class. So I don't have any training in creative writing necessarily, or I hadn't when I first started. And I looked to other professionals to try and get unstuck when I got writer's block. And that was what, you know, it's this mentality that was like so perpetuated. People said, oh, just have a glass of wine to get your creative juices flowing. And it just was so accepted and encouraged in the writing community which I think is wild but I think um you know writers artists creatives in general people think that they there's this mentality that they have demons that they're always fighting you know that madness breeds great art so that is what kept me drinking for a while when I first started writing but ultimately, and ultimately that's what kept me from pursuing sobriety for a while. I was scared that I wasn't going to be creative without it. I was really fearful that I would lose my creativity, lose my job if I couldn't write. So that kept me from stopping. But I finally did it. I leaned into that uncertainty and just took it day by day, relied on my journal and here I am. I'm just over a year sober and seriously more creative than I ever have been. I love that. I think there's so many things I want to touch on and you talking about like first off you know, you learned so much about yourself in that unknown and like you did the sobriety and you made it through and you were like, this is amazing. 
and you found your journaling practice and you started to like reconnect with something that you've loved for so long, but it is so crazy how we glamorize drinking and we give it this power of like having a glass of wine makes me creative. I am not creative without it. And just like thinking that way, like literally gives our power away. And when we can realize like, wait, I actually am creative. I hold that creativity within myself. I don't need to seek something outside to receive that. But as a society and culture, we rely and almost like it, it's scary to think about like removing something that we have leaned on in different ways. And for you within your career of like, this feels really good to not drink, but like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be the writer that I want to be. And I love that you said, like, you realized through journaling, like why you wanted to be sober. You were able to look at like the way alcohol was impacting you. It helped you to like really step back and take a look at this thing when we're so in it in the day-to-day, like alcohol is just there and it's hard sometimes to step away and journaling really does in my, like when I journal, I feel like I'm able to almost like be like, I'm up in the clouds looking down on myself and like see how I'm feeling and what I'm going through. And it helps me to like step away and like get out from the day-to-day and really like see what's happening for myself. And so I really want to hear what that process was like for you as you started to journal and how that helped you to see how you used alcohol as a way to cope and dissociate from the situations that you found yourself in. Because I think the more people that can hear that process and what it was like for you, it's going to help more people than you even realize. Yeah, I love that. Um, Well, I decided to start journaling every morning as a way to kind of track my sobriety days. So I put a little star at the top and write like day 12. Um, And that really kept me motivated because I, I really like milestones. (laughs) So a lot of the time I was kind of chasing that like, oh my gosh, I'm almost at week two. I, you know, I'm doing it. Um, So that really helped. And being able to wake up without a hangover first thing in the morning and head to my journal was just like while the sun was coming up was just so like the best way to start the day. Um, So I started a consistent practice um, and decided to journal while I was having my coffee every morning. I love recommending that people kind of habit stack and find something that they do every day anyway and add their journaling to that. Um, and then I would take to my journal whenever I was feeling like, felt like I was unraveling, um, and just kind of, like you said, look from above and try and figure out how I was feeling. Cause often we don't really know how we feel until we write it down, um, or say it out loud. I think that everything just feels so much bigger in our heads, But once we verbalize it, either on the page or out loud into our voice memos or to a friend, it just feels so much 
more organized and more manageable. So I use my journal a lot to figure out how I was feeling. And I would, you know, at first it started out as me writing, I feel weird. And then the more I practiced, it was, no, I don't just feel weird. I feel like I'm out of my body. I feel like I need something to ground me. And for a while that was alcohol. I feel like I need something to stop feeling so scared because fear has always been really present in my life. So journaling helped me to learn how to express myself and really writing down these things. Like, I feel like I'm out of my body. I don't want to. Um, and then realizing that I was craving a drink at that time um, was really powerful in, in me realizing why I wanted to stop drinking. And I do want to say too, I realized I haven't actually, this part of my story, well, all the parts of my story that I've talked about right now are things that I haven't really shared. So this is kind of my like, hello world, I am sober. <laughs> Uh, my coming exciting. out. I love it. And it, it is, it's a scary thing to finally be like, Hey, I'm sober or what I am alcohol free, like whatever mm -hmm. it is that you choose to share with the world, because it can have this, like, I, people have their own ideas of like what that is, what that means, why somebody is not drinking. I actually just shared this, um, quote yesterday of like, alcohol is the only drug that if you say you don't consume it, people just instantly assume you have like this big, massive problem. And it's like, that's mm -hmm. literally not always the case. And like, you should never just assume someone's not drinking until they tell you why they're not drinking, because there are so many reasons people can choose not to consume alcohol. I mean, there, I can't even go off on the rant there, but like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so cool. And I'm so excited that you're choosing to share that today. And I love hearing that journaling helped you to uncover the layers. And as you are in that journaling process, you know, when you're starting to have this realization, like how were you able to take those next steps? Like when you're going through that process and you're starting to uncover these layers, what did that look like? Like, how did you decide, okay, I, I think I am going to stop drinking. Like, I think it isn't just this sober October or dry January. Like, I think this is something that I want to pursue despite maybe feeling fearful that it's going to impact your career. Well, like I mentioned, I'm kind of a milestone chaser. So I, I feel like getting to like working my way through the month. So I would set my sights on like, okay, I'm going to do it for a month and see how I feel. And I just kept feeling better. So I kept going. Um, and I think it wasn't until probably about six months in that I said, no, I think that this is a lifestyle change that I need to stick with. It just positively impacted my life so much. And I realized that I made that shift instead of like, you know, instead of taking something away from my life, I was adding so much more. I was adding early mornings and energy that I didn't have before from feeling hungover. And I just didn't feel like I was missing out on life, which 
I think a lot of people, that's one of the pushbacks that they feel is that they're going to miss out on so many events. And truly, I was like present for those events and not, you know, too tipsy to remember it. I was actually there. So I think that those changes and seeing those in my journal through months really solidified that this as a lifestyle change for me. I love that being able to really see like, oh, this, this negative about sobriety that I'm telling myself, right? Like it's going to be so boring or I'm going to miss out those like false narratives that we tell ourselves hold us back from actually like ever being willing to pursue it. But then through your journaling practice, you're writing out, I'm having fun. I'm being present. And it's like, oh, it's just knocking down these false narratives that we tell ourselves about sobriety. And so you're able Mm -hmm. to actually see like, wait a second, I am having fun. I am actually present. I am enjoying myself. Why don't I want to pursue this more? And I think that's a really cool thing that you were able to discover. Is there anything else that you were able to, or continue to discover about yourself in your journaling practice? Um, Yes. So I feel like my sobriety journey is a little unique too. Um, And I think it's really important to share this because it really changed things for me. Um, So through my sobriety and through journaling, I discovered, as I mentioned, that I was using alcohol to kind of numb these intrusive thoughts. And I've always been a highly anxious person, which is another reason why I thought that cutting alcohol out of my life would be helpful because a lot of people say that alcohol with anxiety is like pouring gasoline on a fire, right? So that was one of the reasons um, too why I kind of wanted to try this lifestyle out was for my mental health. And initially, like my anxiety went down, everything was great. And then I realized through my journaling that I was still experiencing a lot of intrusive thoughts. And even though I'd cut alcohol out of my life for several months, I was still, my mental health still wasn't where I knew I needed it to be. In fact, it was maybe a little bit worse. So I decided to seek help. Um, I saw a psychiatrist and was actually diagnosed with OCD. And OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, is not what most people think it is. It is not just organization or contamination fears, but intrusive thoughts, intrusive images about unwanted intrusive images about anything like things like if I'm holding a knife cutting tomatoes, you know, anybody can have a thought like, oh, what if I just stabbed someone with this? but someone with OCD obsesses about that thought. Well, why would I have that thought? Is this something I want to do? Am I, you know, a murderer? Am I going to stab someone? And they just obsess. And then the compulsion can be rumination or act like avoidance, um, things like that. So I discovered that I, I have OCD and that using alcohol to kind of numb those symptoms was something that I had done for years, like 15 years. So I started seeing a psychiatrist and really sought help for, for that, which I wouldn't have done if it hadn't been for my journaling and for sobriety. 
So I think that mental health is a really important key to that too. Um, I know that so many people talk about how sobriety is magical, which it absolutely is, but if it's not quite feeling right for you, there might be something else. Um, and I encourage anybody, everybody to, to see a therapist. Um, but for me, that was a huge piece of my journey and piece of what sobriety brought me was this diagnosis. I was able to start medication and it really changed my life. I want to thank you for sharing that because I know you've shared it before in Vibrant and I appreciate you for opening the door and the conversation to mental health because I think it is a really important piece of sobriety, right? We, we want sobriety to almost be the answer to all of our problems. And like you said, it is really magical, but it isn't something that just washes away the problems of life. Like I still have fights with family or people that I'm close to. I still get frustrated or mad or stressed or anxious. Like I still experience all of the things that I experienced when I drank, but sobriety allows me to do them in a clear-minded way. And for you, becoming sober allowed you to recognize like, I'm still experiencing something that feels off and being able to seek help and get the support that you need. And like, I am like, I think everyone should be working with a therapist, like you said, because we all have stuff that we're trying to navigate and work through and having a person outside of our lives be able to see like, and I think it's amazing that you were able to find somebody to help you be like, actually, there is a diagnosis and there is a medication that's available to you. So you don't have to feel exactly the things that you're feeling from OCD. And I think you also shedding light on like what we might view as OCD is somebody organizing everything. Mm -hmm. And that's not just it. And so also helping others that have been diagnosed with OCD to just feel more confident as they navigate the world to know that like, your diagnosis isn't who you are. That's just a part of your story. Just mm -hmm. like anybody else's story is like for me, like sobriety is just a part of my story that doesn't define who I am. And I think having these types of conversations is so important because it helps us to realize like we are who we are. Like I am Alex and you are Salima and the other parts of us are just little bits of ourselves, but they're, we're not just one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we have so many different facets to our personalities, to our lives. And I think that that's really important to recognize and understand um, that. I, that's why I love the holographic kind of shade, because when you look at it one way, maybe it looks a little bit more purple. When you look at it a different way, maybe it's a little more green. So we can present ourselves and, and kind of highlight and, and share what we want to about ourselves with different people, maybe with different circles, which is how I've lived and navigated my life for the last year too. Maybe I haven't shared everything about me, the fact that I'm sober, the fact that I have OCD um, with the world until now, hello world. <laughs> um, but like you said, I, the reason that I'm sharing this and the reason it's really important to me to be vulnerable is because it can help others 
And yeah, that's why I want to share. Um, I think that social media, I know that the social media has had some negative, has been shed in negative light lately um, as something that we kind of doom scroll into a distraction and something that can kind of dampen your creativity, but it's also incredible for information. And that's how I discovered sobriety. That's how I discovered um, that maybe I had OCD was through Instagram accounts that were sharing about this, sharing their stories and, and mine really related to that. I love that. And it is such a great reminder of if you feel called to share and open up and be vulnerable, like you never know who is listening or watching and how it's going to impact them or help them see like a mirrored version of themselves in what you are opening up about. And vulnerability is scary, but it is really freaking beautiful because it literally provides these connections with people that sometimes you don't even know. Like some of the things that I've seen on the internet by people that I don't even know, it's like, I feel like they are talking to me into my exact experiences where I've been. And it's exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And it's not for everybody, but I am so appreciative to when people do share because it does help so many people. Like, I love that you were able to find accounts that helped you to navigate your journey and your experiences and that you feel called today to like, this is like Salima's like coming out to the world in like so many ways. And it's so cool and it's exciting. And I just, I'm so excited for you and proud of you and like, so happy that you're here and like I said at the beginning, like watching your journey as you unfold, it's like from when we met in February to now, your light is literally just shining, like to quote basically Zach, but like it is, and you're so vibrant and it's so cool what we start to experiencing within ourselves when we do get curious about what is possible. I mean, that's what you're doing in your journals. You're getting curious and reflecting. And sometimes I know you share this, we haven't talked quite about it yet, but like you use prompts and sometimes you don't use prompts. And I think I would love to hear like what the different journaling practices are that you use or that you help other people navigate through in their practices um, and what that kind of looks like for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sometimes I especially lately, I've just had so much on my mind and it just feels like I need to unravel my thoughts. So I do a lot of brain dumps, which is basically just taking your pen to a blank page or your notes in your phone or a Word document on your computer and just writing whatever comes to mind. And sometimes that feels really good. It's really, it it takes practice though. So for people who maybe are thinking about establishing a consistent journaling practice, haven't really dabbled much with journaling, that can be a little intimidating. So I really encourage prompts as a way to begin. One of my favorites is mind, body, soul. So write down how your mind feels right now. Maybe I have so many thoughts swirling around in my mind. I'm worried about something that's happening later today. Um, Write about how your body feels, your soul, and then write about what each area needs. And that's 
kind of a fun way to get to know yourself, a little self-discovery prompt, but also can get the words flowing. And the creative muscle, it, it is a muscle. It, creativity is an energy and it's something that you do need to practice and keep warm. So that's why I, I think journaling consistency is really important. And consistent doesn't necessarily mean daily. So I, I try and use the word consistent rather than daily because I want everyone, myself included, to feel successful. So if I tell myself I'm going to journal every single day and maybe I skip a day because life happens, um, that's okay. I can just jump in the next day or the next time I have a chance and consistency is really the key to everything. So even if I'm journaling five, six days out of the week, that is really um, valuable. I love what you're talking about with inconsistency. So what if somebody is like, gosh, I really want to get into journaling and I've been trying and I've been trying and I just can't do it. Like what other options do you feel are available to them to be able to tap into their creativity? Well, I always tell people when they're starting a journaling practice, definitely get a notebook that you love, something that you just, that has like a picture. I have my, um, my cheetah notebook because of Glennon Doyle's, I am a damn cheetah and, or, or something that has a quote on it, something that's like, feels good. You know, it has like a texture um, because I think tools are really important to the whole experience. So if you have something that you look forward to, I think that really helps. Um, I'm actually launching a journaling challenge, a 21 day journaling challenge is totally free. And I'm offering prompts as well as the why behind each prompt, um, for 21 days. So if anybody's like thinking about starting a consistent habit, that is a great place to start because I will guide you for 21 days. Um, and then from there, you can reuse the prompts. I, I hop on my Instagram all the time and share what I'm journaling about if you need inspiration. But 21 days, I mean, don't they say that 21, 21 days is how long it takes to create a habit, right? So journaling with me for 21 days through this challenge um, will definitely create the foundation for you for a journaling practice. So join me. Alex is joining. I am doing it and I can't wait. I, I'm definitely like a consistently inconsistent journaler <laughs> where <laughs> I do it on the days that I can, but when I do, I like love just being able to like sit and reflect. And I like to do like page polls that my friend Maddie introduced me to, where like I have like a few books and I just randomly pull to a page and jot down like what I read and how it resonates with me. Um, but I did... I started, I didn't finish The Artist's Way. Have you read the book? I haven't, but everybody talks about it. The day, morning pages, right? Yeah, the morning pages. I So I started a book club. <laughs> I was in a book club uh, with my friend Kelsey last year, but it was like right before Griffin was born. And one of the things was daily pages and like the few times that I did it. So it's like you write three pages a day, can be anything. Doesn't have like whatever you want. And like the few times I did it, it was freaking wild. The stuff that comes up, like when you just literally like put pen to paper, but I'm curious for you, if somebody's like, I keep trying and I like, can't journal, like is voice memoing, like, could they use your journal prompts and do voice memos for themselves? Like, is that something you feel helps them also tap into that creative side? 
Heck yes, absolutely. I love voice memos and I do those every once in a while too. Um, not super, not as consistently as I use my journal, but I think they, you're so right. That's like a perfect way because just verbalizing it, like speaking it out loud, writing it down is great for unraveling those thoughts. And, and like you said, you don't really even know what's going to come up. It's like, it surprises you every time you do it. Um, so yeah, voice, voice memos are awesome. And sometimes things come to you when you're like on a walk. I feel like movement is one of the great, like movement and nature are two of the great ways that I love to get my creativity going. I think that's when I have most of my ideas, um, as well as in the shower. Does that happen to you where you just get these like incredible ideas in the shower and you're like, oh, I don't have a pen and paper. I'm like covered in water shower or honestly like yeah walks like I feel mm-hmm. like when I go out and I'm listening to music and I'm just letting myself be or even I go on my walks without music I'm always it's like ideas are just popping in and I, I like that I think switching up your scenery and things can be such an easy way to just like freshen things up and tap into that creative side yeah absolutely I was just gonna say when you look back at the last year and a half year, six months, like what changes do you see within yourself from like when you were making that move back to New Mexico to where you are today? I feel like I finally know myself. I think for so long, I had no idea who I was and that felt really scary. So removing alcohol from my life, journaling, the ability to ask myself questions, not just, you know, thinking I am sad, but why am I sad? Am I actually sad or am I feeling lonely? Um, Being able to truly explore myself and articulate my thoughts has been one of the biggest changes and, and most important things, I think, to me. If there was one thing you could tell the Salima that was getting ready to move from LA back home, like in that moment, what would you want to tell her? Ooh, that's a great question. I think I would just tell her you're safe, you're supported and everything will fall into place. I love that. I think it's crazy when we think about like where we were in a big life transition or change and the emotions and the feelings that we're experiencing and self-doubt or uncertainty. And it's like, you want to go back and like give that version of you a big hug of like, Mm -hmm. I know it's scary, but like, it's going to be okay. Keep going. And I think that's such a great reminder from any time you find yourself in an opportunity where you're starting a new chapter or you're beginning again, or you finally realize like, I'm doing something I don't want to be doing anymore. And you want to make a change. Like, even if it doesn't work out the way that you initially went into it, hoping it would like, this is me telling you in this moment, like follow that change, follow that nudge, like follow that feeling that you have to do something different and know that it'll be okay. It might not look or turn out the way that you imagined, but like, it will be okay. Like Salima, like 
when you made that move and you moved home and you started journaling, did you imagine yourself like being here where you are, being a creative writer as your job, leading creative challenges sober? Absolutely not. I never would have dreamed that this would be my life, but I am so happy it is. And you, you followed the breadcrumbs, like you said. And I think that's what, (laughs) that's what people need to hear. Like follow the breadcrumbs. It might not work out exactly how you planned, and that's okay. You're going to learn in the process, but it might even work out better than you planned. Yeah. Yeah. And then the universe is going to throw you a whole loaf. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. The whole follow the loaf. Let's go. (laughs) Salima, I have one more question for you. And that is, what is the ripple that you would like to create? Oh, I love this question. The ripple that I want to create is reminding everyone that you are creative. I think so many people maybe who don't, who were told that they weren't creative or told to pursue things like math and science, like I was, um, or maybe you are a, in a creative job and you keep getting creatively blocked. I really want to remind everyone that you are creative. There is so much creativity within you and it just needs to be awakened. Mm, I love that. That's such a good reminder because how often do you hear somebody say, well, I'm not creative. Mm-hmm. And they just have to be reminded like it is within you, but it does take a little bit of like digging it up and like finding it again and reconnecting with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's that treasure. Thank you so much, Salima. Where can my listeners find you? On Instagram, I'm Salima Ishk. um, And my website is fearlessphrases.com. I would love everyone to find me. And Alex, I want to thank you for creating your ripples because truly when you introduce yourself in Vibrant and you introduce yourself as sober, you were just like out loud sober and living this sober life out loud um, on Instagram has just inspired me so much to, to share my story. So I hope that I can create ripples like you have. Mm. Thank you so much for that. I literally got full body chills when you said that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you so much, everybody. Salima's information will be linked in the show notes. So make sure go follow up with her. Her challenge is gonna, it starts the day before this episode comes out. So like go find her and like start a day late, right? Yeah. Yeah. Join it anytime. Jump in whenever. Yeah. Yay. Okay. I cannot wait. And until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples.